Hi, this is Anishka Fernandopoli. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button under my picture on dharmaseed.org or go to my website, anushkaf.org, A-N-U-S-H-K-A-F.org, and click on donate. Thanks. I appreciate your support. So we'll continue with the metta practice this afternoon. And I think you were given the instruction to first try and sit in a way that's relatively comfortable for you. It's difficult to engage in well-wishing when you're in pain yourself. So uh, you can make yourself in a posture where you don't have too much discomfort. And I'll just share a few thoughts with you and then also uh, a few aspects of the practice. So sometimes uh, people ask the question, you know, are we as humans like basically evil and then occasionally have good states visit us? Or you know, are we basically good and occasionally have uh, evil states visit us? So this is a question you might have been observing and looking at uh, in your practice. So sometimes it seems like there's a lot of cloudiness, but actually in the Buddhist teachings, we all have this Buddha nature and our true nature is actually clear, luminous, bright purity. Then a natural manifestation of that as we take form and engage in the world is actually loving kindness, compassion. So this is actually very naturally uh, who we are. But because we have uh, delusion, we have ideas of being separate, uh, we have ideas that we need to uh, defend our ego, then we end up being visited by these states that are uh, unwholesome, unskillful states. So those come and go, and sometimes the frequency of their visit make them seem like they're constant, but uh, it's not actually so. So in this practice, sometimes it feels like, oh, I'm trying to cook up some metta, I'm trying to like come up with some metta to plaster over my otherwise nasty, <laughs> brutish self, right? And actually, we're just uncovering the loving kindness that's there. So uh, it's actually letting go of the other stuff, saying, okay, let go, let go, let go. Uh, And then we let that loving kindness shine through. So you don't have to believe that, but you can check it out and see what you think as your practice unfolds here. So in order to help us remember this natural part of our uh, being then, there's a couple of sort of preliminary practices that uh, I've found, help, found helpful. And one of them is actually to uh, reflect on and remember some of your positive qualities, wholesome qualities. Did you do this one yesterday? No? Okay. Good. Let's do it today. So uh, you can think of anything that you've done. Uh, either a sort of general quality of yourself, like that you're a generous person, that you're a kind person, so kind of generically, or you can think of any specific incidents of some time that you did something that was uh, wholesome, skillful, kind, generous, loving. It doesn't have to be a huge, huge thing. It can even be uh, smiling at someone, holding the door for someone. 
can be something more broad, like if the work that you do is very helpful in the world, uh, helps people, you can reflect on that, appreciate that aspect of yourself. You help someone put a bag in the overhead compartment of the plane. It doesn't have to be epic thing, just something, you know, anything that's uh, some manifestation of your own wholesome qualities and skills. So just appreciating that, connecting with that and appreciating that. Not in a way that is because you're better than or less than anybody else, but just appreciating those wholesome qualities. The second preliminary practice, which can help us to connect with this natural quality of metta that we have, uh, and help us to let go of some of the other stuff, is to do a little bit of uh, forgiveness practice. So we'll do a few phrases of forgiveness, which involve uh, forgiving ourselves for something we might have done to harm anyone else. Uh, Offering forgiveness for someone who might have done something to harm us. And then also offering forgiveness to ourselves for times when we may have done something to harm ourselves. Now with forgiveness practice, don't worry about whether you actually have completely forgiven everything as you say these phrases. So it's just uh, cultivating that intention in your heart. So the best teaching I've heard on forgiveness is that uh, forgiveness is giving up any hope of a better past. So what has happened has happened. Sometimes people have done things that are very unskillful. Sometimes we have done things that are very unskillful. So we can recognize that and take the intention not to do that in the future. But forgiveness is just letting go of that, holding a grudge about something. Sometimes someone has done something that's very unskillful, and you may think, I don't want to forgive them because they might do that again, or they're just such a uh, nasty, difficult person, or uh, I don't trust them. So it's possible to forgive someone uh, and still say, you know, it's the wise thing for me to keep distance from them. But we don't actually have to still hate them. So metta teaching is that all beings wish to be happy, and we're all actually stumbling around trying to do things to achieve happiness. So people who are doing things that are uh, hurtful, nasty, mean, including ourselves on occasion, are doing that from misguidedness, from misunderstanding about the way things are. Now, some people seem to habitually do that, We'll get to them in a later category called the difficult person right? in a couple days. But you can still actually forgive and wish them well, same way that you might wish well to a porcupine. Right? <laughs> so you can wish the porcupine well. You don't have to cuddle the porcupine. In fact, it's much wiser not to cuddle the porcupine. So porcupine over there, 
you know, may you be happy, right? <laughs> so forgiveness uh, is just recognizing, like, okay, I can let go of this. Actually holding grudge, uh, clinging, is something that hurts our own heart, right? Sometimes we think we're protecting ourselves by uh, not forgiving or by uh, holding a grudge. Um, but you can actually let go of that grudge, that letting go is part of our uh, path of liberation. You can let go of that grudge and still decide what that person was, did was wrong, or what, what I did in that case was wrong, and I'm not going to do it again. Or what that person did was wrong, and I don't want to speak with them again. So that's actually okay. You can still, in your heart, let go and forgive. So I'll just repeat these phrases. You can say them to yourselves, and just let them land. And don't worry, again, about um, whether you have some big epiphany in them or not. So the first one is, if I have done anything to harm anyone, intentionally or unintentionally, through thought, word, or action, may I be forgiven. If I have done anything to harm anyone, intentionally or unintentionally, through thought, word, or action, may I be forgiven. So just staying with your heart letting that land however it is. You don't need to get into stories of things you've done, things like that. The next one will offer forgiveness. If anyone has done anything to harm me, intentionally or unintentionally, through thought, word, or action, I forgive them. If anyone has done anything to harm me, intentionally or unintentionally, through thought, word, or action, I forgive them. Now the last one is about forgiving ourselves. So if I've done anything to harm myself, intentionally or unintentionally, through thought, word, or action, I forgive myself. If I've done anything to harm myself, intentionally or unintentionally, through thought, word, or action, 
I forgive myself. So this is just preliminary metta exercise, softening of the heart. And then we'll go to the practice they've already done yesterday. So bringing to mind someone who is very easy for you to send well wishes to. So the benefactor, someone who it comes very naturally to you, could be also a pet or animal, some teacher, mentor, So then we'll just offer phrases of well-wishing for them. With metta, we start where it's easiest. You can hold an image of them, or if you like, just a felt energetic sense of them. And we're actually wishing this to them, just planting the intention from our heart. Again, you don't need to worry about the extent of emotion you feel when you actually say this. But each time we're saying the phrase with as much sincerity as possible, we're just cultivating that intention of well-wishing. So holding this uh, benefactor, may you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be safe. May you have ease of well-being. So if one of those phrases doesn't work for you, you don't need to get hung up on it. You could just let it go and use the other ones. Or if other ones are naturally coming to you, that's also okay. Just to stick with consistent phrases is helpful for uh, developing the focus. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be safe. May you have ease of well-being. You may have to refresh your connection, each phrase with either the image or the sense of the person. So images often flicker, it's okay. May you be happy. May you be peaceful.
May you be safe. May you have ease of well-being. Now we'll shift our well-wishing to ourselves, which you also had done yesterday. So sometimes people like to just feel their body as they're wishing, this well-wishing for themselves. For some people, it's easier to hold a picture, image of themselves. And some people find it easy to hold an image of themselves when they're a little kid, when it's actually very easy for them to wish well for themselves. So with the metta practice, wherever it's easiest, you can send the metta for yourself. And try and connect with the meaning of the phrase as you say it. May I be happy. May I be peaceful. May I be safe. May I have ease of well-being. May I be happy. May I be peaceful. May I be safe. May I have ease of well-being. May I be happy. May I be peaceful. May I be safe. May I have ease of well-being.
we're going to add another category today, which is of a good friend. So the good friend is someone who you feel a strong connection to. And it's pretty easy to send them well wishes. It doesn't have to be someone you have like a perfect relationship with, because it's difficult to find that person. Just someone who you appreciate uh, good qualities in them. So sometimes the first person that comes to mind is the one to choose. You don't need to get caught up in too much auditions for this role. wish well for the friend now. So similar to how we did with the benefactor, you can either hold an image of them or feel a sense of their energy of them and wish well towards that. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be safe. May you have ease of well-being. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be safe. May you have ease of well-being. While you're wishing well for the friend, you might have some memories of being with them, stories start to come up about them. So similar to the Vipassana practice, you notice yourself starting to get caught in the story. So just notice that and gently come back to the phrases. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be safe. May you have ease of well-being. 
So you, you might find as you're doing this uh, metta practice that uh, sometimes feelings come up, mind states come up that are very much not metta. So including the actual opposite. So the, you're wishing well for the friend. Suddenly you remember this time when they didn't uh, give you back something that they borrowed or uh, time when they were being a pain or, you know, and then you feel some actual uh, dislike of them. So that's actually a very natural uh, part of the process. And this is one of the uh, practices of actual purification of heart. So as we start to uh, hang out and cultivate this loving-kindness, the stuff that is not loving-kindness becomes uh, revealed, sort of comes out. So I said um, not to worry about that too much. So see that. If you can, let it go. Uh, If it becomes too strong, then you actually will uh, drop into that as you would, as if it came up when you're trying to follow your breath and something strong comes up, right? So it's kind of like if you uh, put clothes in a washing machine and turn it on, and then the uh, water gets dirty, you know, as it's agitating. So you don't get too upset because the water gets dirty because that's part of the washing process. Right? So like that, if things come up that's, uh, that are not metta, then um, don't feel like you're failing it or something like that. And then when that state has passed, then you can just come back and start doing the phrases again. So I'm going to take a few questions if anyone has any questions about either this addition of the friend category or what's happened when you're trying to practice this. So, yeah, Jennifer. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> as long as when you were hugging them, it was with a feeling of well-wishing, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Thank you. Yeah. That's okay, actually. Um, and sometimes it's disturbing to us because we have this idea, like, well, if I loved them, then you know, it should be seen by the amount of metta that I have when I think of them, right? Um, but what we're doing in this practice is actually just cultivating this intention you know, towards uh, well-wishing, as well as it's actually a sort of concentration practice, like kind of drawing our energy together. Uh, so conditions at different times will mean that there's stronger feeling or not feeling. So our part of the job, so to speak, is to just keep coming back with that sincere intention of well-wishing. Right? And then actually not to worry about the rest, like how much explosive feeling comes or any of that. Um, and also not to judge oneself for like, oh, that means I don't love them or I'm not loving or, you know, any of that stuff. So just like continue to come back and cultivate that intention. Yeah. Mm. So in the, uh, this is kind of like your general well-wishing practice. Uh, and there's a couple of other practices that are uh, kind of in the same group uh, of practices. So one of them is a compassion practice. right? So that one is used if someone is actually suffering. 
So the natural response of the heart, if you can connect with someone who's suffering, is like, oh, you may be free from that suffering. You may be free from the fear or whatever it is, right? May you be free from pain. And then there's another practice, which is of if someone's really happy, like things are going really well for them, then uh, actually wishing for them that that happiness continues. So that's called like sympathetic joy, right? So that's kind of like, it's like a little roadmap for your heart. So general well-wishing, and then if you encounter the being who's suffering, it's like wishing with compassion for them. Encounter a being who is happy. May your happiness increase. And then the base one is, is of equanimity, of actually balance, which uh, maybe we'll talk about uh, later on, too. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, you definitely should use the same people in the same session when you do it, um, because part of it is kind of bringing that uh, focus. So if you start, you know, some of you may have this experience where you pick someone, you're like, well, maybe I should have picked that other person. And so then you bounce to that one. Well, no, they're okay. Maybe I'll pick this one. So that one you definitely want to avoid. Um, so I would say pick one person per category, per session. Um, but since you're just starting out with it, if you feel like um, you want to try a different person in a different session, I think it's okay to do that. So like... like uh, I would say that for like the person who is, say, your, uh, you know, the benefactor. So now you have like your benefactor, self, friend, right? Um, so in one particular meta sitting, I would say don't like have that same benefactor, you of course, you, and then uh, friend, right? Um, but if you feel like um, if you feel like you know you want to try to have a different benefactor, then I think uh, it's okay to, in the next session to try that. If you're actually doing it as a continued concentration practice, it actually is good to sort of settle on one uh, for each category. And then also to look at if we want to change them. Like, why do we want to change them? And sometimes it's this sense of like, oh, I got this big hit of metta with this person, but then it got kind of dried out, and then, you know. So, uh, so just to pay attention to why we want to swap it around like that. Um, and, you know, the well-wishing is like, it's called this, the... Um, Friendliness, right? So uh, one uh, we have heard described as the force of unstoppable friendliness. So regardless of what that other person is going to give back to you, you'll have this well-wishing for them. So in some ways, if you want to swap them out because there's some way that uh, (laughs) they're not serving you anymore, the unstoppable friendliness is a little bit uh, (laughs) gotten stopped, right? It's like, well, do this one instead. So you can do this as a continuous practice, and I've done long periods of um, just cultivating this loving-kindness practice where I stay with one person for like a month, you know, the benefactor person, just all day, all night, sitting, walking, you know, one person. And it's actually a very amazing and beautiful uh, practice. And you find just like actually in a real-life relationship, there's some periods in which it's very rich and flowing and some periods in which it's kind of uh, dull and... Uh, in some ways, part of the consistency and devotional aspect of it is to just stay with it, you know, not actually trade them out for someone who might be more ex- exciting, you know, just like stick with it, and then see what happens. Yeah. Thank you. Is the, what about the person who's taking on the guilt feeling 
<laughs> that kind of covers a lot of ground, right? Yeah. No, you can have a personal relationship with the benefactor. I mean, it's kind of a strange phrase, benefactor, right? Do you want to say something about benefactor? Yeah, so, like, for some people, their um, benefactor is someone who is, like, a mentor-type person. And for some people, that mentor-type person is someone who they don't actually personally know. Like, some people feel like the Dalai Lama is sort of a spiritual mentor. Um, for some people, it's someone who's an actual, like, teacher or grandparent or uh, parent or, you know, like, someone like that. Um, and so some people who are good friends, like, we have kind of complex relationships, right? So some people who are friends also, you have some mentor-ish relationship with. So I think that one is basically just like where it's easiest. That's what I think about it. So that's where like your cat comes in and so on. Not that your cat is your mentor in the same way, right? (laughs) (laughs) Although many people feel like their cat helps them to see how to relax and, you know, be happy and not expect a lot or something like that, right? Um, So it's just like where it's easiest to to wish there. I actually used for that period, the periods in which I've done long practice, um, my nieces, my two-year-old niece as my benefactor. She's someone very easy to love. And uh, I actually did uh, had three different periods in which I did long uh, loving-kindness practice, including one three-month practice here. And uh, fortunately, my brother and his wife kept having kids, so there's always a two-year-old, to <laughs> two-year-old niece to uh, wish well to. And um, I've read something said about, you know, when you're spending, it's kind of like you're spending that much time in some um, relationship with the sort of imagined or real mind stream of that. So then you kind of commingle in some way. So that's, for some, some argument why to use a benefactor like the Dalai Lama or someone uh, highly enlightened, uh, as opposed to your two-year-old niece or your cat or something like that. But uh, generally, when you're doing practice like this, I think it's like, start where it's easiest. You know? um, and then we kind of move to slightly harder ones, you know, where we start to shut down a little bit more and more and more. Right? So then the next categories after these ones we do is the uh, what's called the neutral person. So it's someone who you actually don't really have a positive or a negative relationship with. So someone you kind of see around. So maybe it's like someone in the coffee shop or uh, could be even someone on this retreat if there's anyone who you haven't already decided that you like or dislike. You know? <laughs> um, or, uh, you know, someone you see in your school or, you know, someone like, so the neutral person. And then we'll go to the... Uh, you know, the difficult person category. So basically, start where it's easiest, comes very naturally, and then kind of work our way around. Uh, yep, slide there. So the, the um, significant other uh, thing is oftentimes suggested not to use them just because we also have this other sexual relationship with them, right, in which... so. The question is like whether or not focusing on them in that way will uh, have you move into the more complex area of desire rather than just pure well-wishing. Right? So it kind of, classically it's said not to uh, because it's difficult to uh, not go in that area. But at the same time, I mean, I feel like if that's your person who it's the easiest for you to wish well to naturally, you can try it and see, I guess, is what it is. 
So that's the official reason why not to choose that person is because we actually have this like multifaceted relationship, part of which is attachment, desire, right? And actually, even beyond the sexual part of it, then sometimes with partner, there's other things about like you want them to be a certain way, you know. Um, so it's actually like, more difficult with people who are super close to like that to just have a uh, pure well-wishing without like. Yeah, if you did the laundry more, if you did the, you know, like a <laughs> little bit of like, uh, <laughs> you know, um, that. So, but you can check it out and see. You know, part of this is, I think, us be- becoming more aware of the intentions of our heart as well as cultivating the intentions of our heart. So, um, I think in this time in which you're kind of trying it out, for me, it's also helpful to observe that stuff, like see what comes up. Because you feel uh, like bad about neglecting the others who auditioned for the role, kind of thing. Or it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could just uh, say to yourself, like, okay, today your turn, and then next time do your turn. Um, also, actually, will it expand the practice? Um, we don't end with the, just the difficult person, but we expand to all beings. And um, times in the end of sitting, I like to do that, to kind of go to all beings. So then you feel like, okay, anyone who has missed out on their individual shot gets covered under all beings, right? That umbrella. So, um, but in some way, I mean, the practice is, uh, is, is us cultivating this quality in our heart, right? So, and I mean, it does, um, I think it has an effect on different people when you're actually wishing well for them, right? Um, but in some ways, it's kind of like our own um, psychic golf course we're going through, you know, of picking these different categories and different people and so on. So uh, it's, a nice, uh, it's nice that you want to share that loving kindness with them, but I wouldn't get too hung up in the guilt of, like, I picked you and I didn't pick you kind of thing. So, right, so maybe I should take one more and then release you kind of... Uh, in the back glasses. That's a very good question. Um, so th- on the Eightfold Path, one of the pieces in the right effort, right? Uh, skillful effort, wise effort, and in the aspect of skillful effort is to uh, is be aware when wholesome states arise and to actually cultivate them, to continue, uh, to understand what is the conditions for wholesome states arising and to try to bring those conditions about. Then to know when unskillful states have arisen uh, and to let go of them if they have. And then to know what's the conditions for unskillful states arising and to try to avoid those conditions. Right? So when we're doing this metta practice, it's actually cultivating the wholesome intention uh, of loving kindness, of well-wishing. Right? Uh, it also is actually making us more familiar with some of the qualities that are not that at the same time. Right? 
So in, in doing it like a concentration practice like this, it's a different practice, but it's part of the path like that. So in some ways, vipassana is like... Uh, they work together because in order to do that right effort thing, you have to actually know what has arisen. Is it wholesome? Is it unwholesome? Right? So that's the seeing clearly part and then moving it along. The other aspect, though, is that in the vipassana practice, uh, you know, that's uh, seeing what's actually happening with this mindfulness, right, with this uh, attention. And the intention is uh, ideally an intention that is non-judgmental, that's open, that allows everything to come, right, anything to come, anything to come. So actually that's an attitude of friendliness towards our experience, right? So cultivating this sort of unstoppable friendliness to whatever thought comes, whatever mind state comes, whatever body sensation comes. So allowing whatever is our experience to unfold, uh, so when you're actually practicing like that, sometimes it feels like it's very similar, the experience of cultivating this quality in the heart of loving kindness and the mindfulness. So there are kinds of two sides of the same coin in that way, too. Does that make sense? Right. So I should let you uh, go to tea. So thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.